hunting, fishing, and all things outdoors. It's not just a hobby, it's a lifestyle. Welcome to the Green Top Outdoors podcast with your host, Hunter Brooks. Well, today we're going to talk about what bullet weight I should uh, use for either carry or defense mm-hmm. and why. And we're going to kind of cover as the baseline 9 millimeter being uh, the most popular caliber that's out there, and especially in, in defense weapons, uh, home defense, and uh, carry guns. We'll start, we'll, we'll just use 9 millimeter as the benchmark. And then uh, we'll also talk 380, we'll talk 22, 22 Magnum, mm-hmm. 45, 40. We'll talk it all, but we'll kind of get into the uh, what the terminal ballistics are in, refer- in reference to 9mm first, and then we'll get into some of the other ones. Um, first, terminal ballistics. Terminal ballistics is a subfield of ballistics that is concerned with the behavior and effects of the projectile when it hits and transfers energy to the target. So... That's basically what the bullet does when it impacts. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. And we can start off with bullet weights because that's kind of where we're going to go with this. And a lot of people new to the gun community or maybe even been around for a long time just never quite understood bullet weights and all the different bullet weights because 9 mil obviously has some uh, different bullet weights to it. Oh, yeah. Um when we're talking about, we're talking about what it says on the box. Mm-hmm. 115 grain, 124 grain, 135, 147. Um, a lot of people have always thought that that's how much powder is in the cartridge. That is not correct. Mm-hmm. That is the bullet weight itself. That it is. And Specifically, the, the mass of the bullet. Yep. Gra- grains is its own separate unit of measurement, unrelated from like ounces or anything else. Um, it was derived a very long time ago. I think in France, where yeah. the, I think it's where it originated. But uh, yeah, it describes, you know, the more grains, obviously, the heavier the bullet, the less, the lighter. Yep. And you would want, like, heavier or lighter, depending on, like, what you're doing with the gun, what the gun's job is. Um, if you're, like, a concealed carrier or a law enforcement officer, you know, what are your threats? Do you engage targets with heavy clothing? Um is windshield glass a concern for you? Yep. Other intermediate barriers like drywall, bricks, stuff like that. So. Yeah, and like you, you mentioned the windshield factor. A lot of law enforcement agencies and departments um, across the nation, they always consider that. Mm-hmm. And they really, really count on the studies that are done by either themselves or other agencies. Specifically the FBI. Specifically the FBI and what their recommendations are. And, and that has actually changed throughout the years. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Not just because they're finding out new stuff, but because the ammo itself is changing. Rapidly. Rapidly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for a long time, it was 38 Special, 357 Magnum. Uh, then it went to 9mm. Then the 40, 357 Sig, 45. And now it's like they've come full circle almost. I would say the majority is, is 9mm back full circle wouldn't you say i would definitely definitely all of our local departments i would say like 90 percent of departments nationwide are probably carrying nine millimeter um dod is completely carrying nine millimeter with a, with the exception of like the small sliver of units that are still issued 1911s yeah and you could take that worldwide with nato with a lot of sidearms turning into nine millimeter as well that's mm-hmm. right so now that we're on nine millimeter you know let's talk about the different uh terminology surrounding nine millimeter uh, because that can be confusing also, especially yeah. to someone new who's not sure if they're buying the right type of ammo for their firearm that they just purchased. 
Alon, you had touched on that earlier. So let's let's kind of hit hit on uh, for me. Uh, what are the different you know type of names names and terminology for what nine millimeter is? So the most common names that we have on our shelves, the most the names you'll see the most often will be nine by nineteen. 9mm Luger, 9mm Para, or 9mm Parabellum. Those are usually the most common names. Uh, when looking at the box, uh, the 9mm is always going to be the diameter, and it's always going to be followed by a suffix to separate it from other types of ammo. Uh, I've had calls before where somebody asked me, hey, do I have any uh, 8mm? And I was like, what type of 8mm are you looking for? And it was like, I don't know, the gun just has 8mm. It's like, well, there's over 20 different types of 8mm, especially when you look at older cartridges like 8mm Mauser, 8mm Labelle. Mm-hmm. It just, it, it goes the same for pistols as well. Yep. So, and then right after you see the diameter followed by the suffix, you're always going to see the bullet bullet weight, which is, we just talked about 115 being the most common or 124. Yep. Mm-hmm. And typically you're going to see at any gun shop or any place that sells ammo, the majority of the the nine millimeter you're going to see is what is more than likely it's going to fit your gun. Uh, Like all the names you just mentioned, they're going to be fine, but there, there's other, there's, there's one that I guess that gets confused sometimes and that's nine by 18 Makarov. Mm -hmm. Um, European cartridge, Eastern European cartridge, I guess, um, shorter than a nine by 19 nine millimeter auto uh it, it can get confusing sometimes when people see that but um if you never if you're ever not sure just just always ask somebody mm-hmm. that's the best thing because we always say in here you know there's no such thing as a stupid question in a gun store right. right no way yeah there's no such thing so you better ask as many questions than to ask none absolutely a, a question asked is better than a uh, non-functional or worst case blown up gun yeah <laughs> exactly yeah nobody wants that no way so now that we're discussing nine mil, let's talk about uh, the various bullet weights. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, one fifteen is your uh, your most popular that you're going to see the most of out there. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily the the number one choice though, right? Mm-mm, no. Um, most of your target ammo, and so let's just go ahead and get right into that. The difference. What is uh, Justin the the difference in, in in target ammo and defense ammo primarily? So target ammo, in most instances, is going to be a uh, completely lead projectile with a copper jacket on it. Um, they jacket them with copper because copper plays nice with every, you know, every company's rifling in the barrels. Um, it provides for, like, nice, safe function, reliably. Uh, defensive ammo, on the other hand, is more so engineered to uh, expand or crush in on itself, whatever have you, when it, you know, eventually hits a target. And the reason that it designed to do that is to mitigate um any sort of like undue liability on the user's end uh a hollow a jacketed hollow point for like for instance a federal hst will dump all of his energy into a target and cease to continue to you know pass through its, yeah the yeah. flight path is over once the round hits the target and uh, right. dumps its energy right so. and so another for so for terminology for what you see on a box so for target ammo you're typically going to see fmj or full metal jacket and Mm -hmm. like just like what you said it's just a solid lead bullet with a copper jacket on it uh which a lot of the and as far as the military goes that's typically what they use one it's cheaper Mm -hmm. um and it's two it's you know they for for terminal ballistics i don't know if 
the terminal ballistics we're discussing here for home defense or self-defense is different than what the military is, is typically using it for. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's actually a bunch of different rules when it comes to the military as well. Yep. So a lot of NATO actually use FMJ because there was a treaty that forbids them from using hollow points because it's a lot harder to treat hollow points than it is for FMJ. That's why it's so common amongst militaries with, with some expe- exceptions. And, you know, some U.S. militaries are use ho- using hollow points for their sidearms, but... Just like everything, there's always going to be an exception. Right. Okay. So let's talk bullet weights now, because you know, typically when you're you're going to target target shoot, a lot of the nine millimeter ammo is 115 grain. Mm-hmm. Um, when you move up to say a 40 caliber, uh, 40 S and W, you're you're finding it in 165 or 180. Yep. And then in 45, obviously the the good old 230 grain ball, sl- you know. Cinder block mm-hmm. is what's coming out of the forty-five auto. Two world wars. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but in nine mil, there's also one twenty-four, mm-hmm. and then there's one forty-seven in target. But when we get into the hollow points in the defense ammo, we're getting you know you can see stuff as light as what some grain. some of the ninety, 90 grain. There's uh, some niche stuff out there that's like yeah. 50, and then 60. I mean, yeah, it's right. real, real light. And, and then there's what that, that's the the frangible stuff that uh, you know it does. Where if you missed in your home and it hits the sheetrock, it comes completely apart and won't mm-hmm. pass through. Um, you, you'll see some of that. Like Liberty Ammo, I believe, is That's one of the Liberty brands. Defense, yep. Yep. Liberty, Liberty Defense. Defense. It's great stuff. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Snappy stuff. Very. If you ever shot it. It's, I, have, I actually just shot it last week. I was very surprised with how loud it was. Oh, man. It was a little bit less recoil. Yeah. And uh, for the most part, I shot the same like I would normal 115 hollow points. But I was so curious about how... It was so much louder. Even the RSL thought I was shooting a rifle. <laughs> it's like so a big fireball yeah, coming out. Yeah, pretty much. You know, I carried some of that in my 45, and I'm trying to remember the weight. It was super light. I mean, I got man. I wish I remember how it, it was. So it was such a difference. If I it was a Glock 30s, so I had ten. I had ten rounds mm-hmm. of uh, Hydra Shock in a mag, and then I had ten rounds of this uh, Liberty Defense. And the weight difference in just the magazine itself was incredible so that's another thing to think of if if you want to cut weight on your high capacity carry gun you can do that with li- like liberty ammo or some of the other frangible mm-hmm. stuff because just the just the uh the savings and weight from the bullet weight itself is going to lighten your your load up absolutely um but that of course is not the most popular ammo that's out there there's lots of other stuff that we're going to talk about um but going going back to the bullet weights what do you, uh, Justin? What do you think are the main differences you're going to find in defense loads that are 115, 124, 135, 147, and so on? So uh, bullet speed definitely. I mean, a 124 typically is going to be loaded hotter than anything else you may find. Um, also, like to point out specifically, the critical duty 135. I think that's another yeah, weight you mentioned, which is plus P. Usually, yeah, yep. in most instances. Um, and of course, like plus P ratings are, they're not set in stone. Like each manufacturer kind of has their own guidelines they go by. You may find that like a Hornady load is a little bit hotter than a Federal load, is mm-hmm. a little bit hotter than Spear, whatever have you. Yep. But um, one, one thing that uh, in my mind has always like helped me to decide on what bullet weight I need is what threat profile I may be facing at that particular time of year. Like if I know 
you know, a potential assailant may have heavier than usual clothing, I'm probably going to want something that carries ener- energy a little bit better, i.e. Yep. a 135 or a 147. Um, summertime, I mean, maybe I'll throw 115s in it. You yep. know, people are going to be wearing lighter clothing. Um, it's just highly dependent on your situation. Depends on the season. Depends on the season. Exactly yeah. right. <laughs> highly dependent on the situation and what you need the gun to do. That's right. Well, you brought up a good point as far as clothing goes, and there, are, you know, uh, there's bullet manufacturers that take that completely into consideration mm-hmm. for not just uh, your average citizen that wants to carry, but police departments as well. Absolutely, police departments and and the FBI as well. They're always looking for, you know, what is going to be best to protect their officers and to protect mm-hmm. the public, and uh, what critical defense hornady. Uh, I'm sorry. It was a critical duty. Critical, critical duty, duty. Mm-hmm. is designed specifically for that. And critical defense, I think, the way that bullet is designed, it's it's not it's not gonna, I guess, absorb any of that um, any of the clothing because the way that bullet when it impacts doesn't it doesn't it doesn't it, the expansion doesn't it expand too, too quick to even absorb any clothing or something like that? Possibly. Um, you're talking about like the older XTP design, maybe the XTP designs. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, I, I think those were, that was the load that had issues plugging up. Okay, in instances where like a ballistics gel block was being shot with heavy clothing on it, that's, I got gotcha. you. That's a lot of the reason why the critical duty exists. Um, you know, I think XTPs are great for a uh, for an application where like penetration is the utmost goal, right? Because if they plug up, I mean, the bullet's going to keep on trucking. Exactly. It's, it's as good as having it's that. It's not going to perform. It's just not going to expand and right. dump its energy and target, which on the liability end of things can be like something that's not desirable. But. Sure. And I was actually going to add something because I know we've been uh, talking about the FBI and the ballistic gel test. And I was actually going to go over how that started. And uh, because it wasn't really until 1986 where defensive ammo got a focus. And it all started because of the Miami shootout that happened in April 11th. And to simplify the story, what had happened was eight FBI agents had closed in into a house to apprehend two criminals. And they got into a gunfight. And even though the FBI outgunned them from eight to two, they were still struggling in the fight. Because the two gunmen were able to keep fighting, even after being shot multiple times. And the, and the type of guns that the FBI agents were using were 9mm. Some of them were using 357. Uh, some of them were using 12-gauge. But they could not take the threat down. And two agents lost their life that day. And five of them were injured until the threats were neutralized. And ever since then, the FBI realized the guns we're using are just not enough. And we can't let this happen again. So they went through a series of tests, and uh, the, the thing you'll hear a lot today is the ballistic gel test, or like the ballistic block test. And basically, to sum it up, what the FBI looks for is a bullet to penetrate past 12 inches, but no more than 16 inches. Because you want to make sure it can penetrate and uh, expand inside a body, but also not have over-penetration where it goes through the body. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's what you usually see especially when comparing like smaller calibers especially for people who carry 380 i hear i hear from customers thinking that they don't want to go to 380 because it's not enough but with advancements in ammo today a lot of ammo is reaching 13 14 inches of penetration and full expansion yeah so it's still a viable cartridge in today's standard 
and even the smaller cartridges uh, were 32, uh, 32 uh, ACP. If you look at ballistic gel tests, the the hollow points usually don't have enough energy to expand. So I've seen some people mess around with the idea of just carrying FMJ. Mm -hmm. uh, 25 ACP is usually not enough. You, what's crazy about it is you usually get better ballistic performance out of a 22 than 25 ACP. Yeah. So every well, time we mention the FBI test, the reason everybody uses it is because the FBI were the first one to start this whole entire series of tests. And and it got ammo advancement to where it is today. Yeah, and mm -hmm. it's helped. It's helped everybody. You know, yes. really, even manufacturers. Um, and you know, I'm glad you touched on the other calibers, Alon, because let's just go back to what you're talking about in 380. Because 380, a summertime carry or everyday carry, extremely popular nationwide because mm -hmm. of the pocket guns. Whether it's a Keltec or Ruger LCP or Max or um, the easy 380 easy 380s uh there's there's all kind of diamondback was doing i think a 380 didn't glock just come out with like a g26 sized yeah the 28 i believe the, yeah, so the that that's actually been out a long for a time for a while it? i think it was worldwide for countries that didn't allow nine millimeter yeah no kidding yeah. and they they couldn't import them because it was either barrel length or it had to have adjustable sights. I believe it had to do with the, the pocket size. Maybe that was it, yeah. Because we can't import pocket guns can't into the country exactly. unless they have all these. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, there's a lot of options. And, of course, the 42, the Glock 42 is great, you know. Um, the but can. there's some awesome there's some awesome ammo out there for 380. That's right. You mm -hmm. know, and, and there's, no matter who it is that, that is considering a carry gun, if they don't want to go 9mm because it's too snappy for them or for whatever reason, 380 is a great choice because the diameter of that bullet, same. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, you're still talking, you know, it's just what they what they call over in, in Europe, it's not it's a 9mm short, mm -hmm. just a short version of a 9mm. So you're still getting good speed, good performance out of it, for especially for defense, close defenses uh, especially. But... You know, you mentioned 32, been around a long time, and you know, even if you go down to 22 long rifle or 22 Magnum, there's there's plenty of carry guns out there for those. Agreed. And you know, a lot of the everybody's making a defense load now for 22 long or 22 Magnum. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm gonna tell you what, man. You know, a little 22 Magnum revolver. It's no joke, man. No, you know? no. The gun that you have on you is always going to be the better than the gun you left at home. Hundred I like that. And the gun you practice with, especially. Right. I mean, for for recoil sensitive shooters, I think twenty two Magnum, three eighty, even twenty two long rifle make a lot of sense. Yeah, I agree yeah. with you. I I will touch up on that though, as twenty two is a rim fire, so it's going to be a lot different than it center fired, because a twenty two rim fire is usually not going to be a hundred percent reliable. If mm -hmm. somebody mm -hmm. was interested in carrying a twenty two for self defense, uh, I know a lot of ammo has come out where it's very viable for self-defense, I would recommend it in a revolver. Just for that instance, the round doesn't actually go off. You're able to pull the trigger and it cycles to the next cylinder. And that seems more viable for people who just like, who are sensitive to recoil and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, so going back to, we covered bullet weights, kind of, kind of touched on bullet brands. Or ammunition brands, you know your your top ones. Well, we've 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 hit on Hornady, of course, and Federal, mm -hmm. um, and then of course there's Winchester, 
Those are probably your your top three. I'd throw uh, Spear in that too. Spear, yep. mm-hmm. as far as the gold dot, is is kind of the one that flies under the radar for everybody. Believe it or not, it's I still think it's probably one of the the best selling on the market. No doubt, yeah. Um, you know, it's as far as testing and everything goes, Spear Gold Dot usually performs really out of outperforms everything in a lot oh, yeah. of the tests across the board too i mean yep. we can talk through 80 40 whatever and that and that bullet technology has been around for mm. probably since the 90s oh yeah yep. um it's a bonded bullet you yep. know does great through intermediate barriers like windshields which yep. is a lot of the reason why law enforcement goes with it yep. yeah yeah uh, winchester ranger ammo i believe some departments prefer using that for whatever reason that's usually in the bigger calibers 40s and 45s um but you know what's out there now um when you go out there to look it's uh, it's kind of overwhelming it is it can be you know all the boxes look sexy you know (laughs) i mean everything you know they even you know hornady will put a little window in the box you get to see that crazy Mm -hmm. looking red tip on their critical defense and you know, and then sometimes uh, it'll be nickel plated, so yeah. the bullet looks different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and, and it, it makes it makes decisions tough. It can, yeah, you man. know, it's like going to the grocery store and trying to pick, you know, yeah, whatever it is you're buying. Right. Only yeah. thing, you know, it's like uh, you just you, you can't get organic nine millimeter. You know, it's just <laughs> that's uh, right. You, just, you got to find. It, sometimes people buy off of the, what, mm-hmm. what looks the best. Yep. You know, and that's okay. Yep. You know, because if you're buying a premium brand, that's uh, that's a defense defense ammo it's probably going to perform just yeah. pretty good and i would like to add to that i think for newer shooters especially getting into the game what you shouldn't uh f- let your mind get full of uh, all these different types of uh grains and defensive like for brands because you can go to you can go online and read up forums watch videos everybody is going to have their preference on what ammo they prefer the most but i think for new shooters what's important is you being able to hit the target that's 100%. always going to be your shot placement is really what's going to make it uh it's going to be your life or death yep. before anything so yeah. if you're buying any self-defense ammo from a reputable brand you're already making a good step as long as you're going to the range practicing that's what you should concern yourself with first before you start toying around with the ideas of using other ammo that you may believe is more effective than the others sure mm-hmm. yeah buy what you can afford um definitely budget for training don't go with something just because like your uncle or your buddy or whoever said to go with it um research i mean there's tons of youtube videos on you know you gotta see if your gun likes it too there's also that you know because usually buy at least buy two boxes of hollow points shoot one box and make sure your gun's not picky yep because there's so many different types of guns. Not all of them have the same action. So having, if it's not a tilting barrel design, it might yeah. be even picky with. Well, you, we talked about the frangible ammo. That's right. There's some guns that it may just not can't handle it. They cannot, cannot handle that, and it's just not gonna. It's not gonna feed well. And then there's uh, more. I'll call them entry level semi-autos. You know, in, at a lower cost mm-hmm. that may say they're plus P rated, but I wouldn't necessarily shoot a lot of plus P through them. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I agree. Um, but you know, you just you need to understand if your gun's going to be able to shoot a hundred twenty-four grain well or a one forty-seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to see if you can handle that as well. You know. Yep. Um, I, I'm I'm of the opinion uh, when it comes to target ammo, I'll, I'll shoot whatever I have or whatever I can get my hands on. You know, but I do see the bonus in saying, hey, if I'm gonna I'm gonna. I should probably practice with what I'm going to play with. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? 
So if I'm gonna if I'm gonna carry 147, I probably need to be shooting a lot more with a, of, of uh, 147. That's right. Mm. You guys, do you guys usually practice with what you play, or you like me, you just shoot whatever you get your hands on? Whatever, whatever's in the ammo can. <laughs> yeah, right. Try to get to the I, range as much as possible. I mean, right. I do. Uh, I tend to buy like more of my defensive load than I probably need. Um, and I'll shoot it like from time to time, you know, like I like to do like a bill drill or two a week with my defensive load of choice just to get a feel for like what that six round dump is like, you know, with, with full house carry loads. Um, also for, for optics users, zeroing with your carry load is definitely something you want to do. I, yeah. I would not zero the gun with 115 and bet on that trajectory to match up to what to like your federal HST or gold dot or whatever sure. it is you're using. Uh, you definitely want to zero with the ammo you're shooting. That can be pricey depending on like how efficient a range day zeroing looks for you. But I would highly recommend it. I mean, if you ever need to use it in self defense and the trajectory doesn't match match up, then yep. that could be trouble. So, um, how about barrel length? I wanted to touch on this because you know carry guns typically have short barrels mm-hmm. and there's always there's there's been myths and things about well that doesn't shoot well in a short barrel you need to you need to buy this one that says short barrel on the box you know this is made for short barrel stuff and what, what are your what are you guys thoughts on all that I, I don't know that i don't know that you'll see like enough drop in velocity between like a three-inch barreled gun and a four-inch barreled gun, right. say like a G43 and a Glock 19, sure. to justify like absolutely having to go with 147 in the shorter gun. Yeah. But generally speaking, a larger projectile will make better use of like whatever velocity that barrel can provide. Same way as a rifle. Yeah. Um, I or will. if we talk about hunting, you know. Yeah. You know, uh, barrel length. You know, not not is usually a big an issue with hunting stuff because. You know, when I choose a uh, a bullet for hunting, if it's going to be a Barnes triple shock, like I like I mentioned earlier, for to, to kill that elk, you know, I'm going to want that. I'm I'm choosing that because I might only get one shot at that elk, mm-hmm. and it's going. I know that bullet's going to perform real well. Doesn't matter if it's an 18 inch barrel or a 26 inch barrel. I know my rifle. I know what shoots it. My rifle likes that. If I'm going to pick a defense load, 147, I'm I'm going to put I'm going to put the best in my gun to carry with it because yep. I may only have one shot to defend uh, myself right. and my family. I would venture to say that like bullet construction and characteristics on the terminal side, like you know consistency and expansion stuff like that, consistency and penetration is more so what I'd look for than as opposed to grain weight. Okay. Um, HSTs are a really good example. They're extremely consistent across the board, regardless of like what grain rate, rate we're talking, 115, 124, 147. I would trust a 115 to expand in a 3-inch gun the same way I would a 4-inch Sure, gun. yeah. I will say, though, to add on to the barrel lengths, I think that's going to apply more to the wheel gun carriers. Mm-hmm. So out of a snub nose, I'd much rather be shooting 38 plus P than shooting 357. Just yeah. because you're not getting your full ballistic performance out of a 357 unless it's a three inch barrel. Right. Yeah, also, with a straight wall cartridge, it might matter a little bit more. Yeah. 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 And right. also when you look at, for the wheel gun carriers who carry 22, a lot of the ammo where it says the FPS, the feet per second, sometimes that's measured out of a rifle length barrel. And I believe, uh, I want to say it's federal. They mm. just came out with a new ammunition. Short barrel, or was it... Uh 
Yeah, uh, what, what's it called? It's I can't think of it at the top of my head. I know they're reaching over a thousand feet per second, mm-hmm. and that's measured out of a I want to say a three inch twenty two barrel. Yeah, yeah. So that's when it really applies, um, especially for the people, because I hear a lot of people saying I need to have a snub nose three fifty seven. But in reality, once I start talking about ballistics with them, they open their mind to I much rather carry thirty eight special plus p than 357 unless you're carrying a bigger revolver Mm -hmm. yeah and so uh touching on 38 real um briefly is you know the the good thing about that people still carry 38 you Mm -hmm. know a lot of people still like a snub nose air weight or an lcr ruger or something like that um and there's really not as many choices out there it's pretty pretty simple to yep. choose that ammo Ch- critical defense by hornady they, and hydroshocks hsts um and winchesters i think they're either silver tips or uh they're uh, pdx1 or whatever mm-hmm. um and they're usually in about the same bullet weights you know and i will say though uh another cartridge set is the hornady light rounds Yes, and that's actually something I experimented with because I was carrying just normal thirty-eight special Hornady, but I tried out those light rounds, and I noticed that I'm able to get five rounds off a whole lot quicker on target at twenty-five feet than just normal thirty-eight special rounds, and that really opened my mind, uh, hmm. opened my eyes where the less recoil is actually helping me get on target a whole lot quicker with a round that's still effective to FBI standards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's it's a great point because. Um you know, Hornady is one of the only ones that do that, yep. you know. And so, uh, Liberty Defense makes the, I think it's like a 50 or 60 grain 38 <laughs> special. So yeah. It's so, a smoker. Yep. Flying. <laughs> no, that's a good point because a lot of, uh, sometimes people don't uh, think, of it, think of it that way. And if you got to get off four or five mm-hmm. shots, man, that's... If you can get four or five shots in the in the X ring over over one, mm-hmm. that's even better. I will yes, say though, I think the Hornady packaging puts off a lot of uh, a lot of. Now, customers. why would that? Why, why would that be? Because it's pink. Because <laughs> it's pink. Because it's, it's pink. It's got the little bow <laughs> and it's pink and, pe- it's and a lot of and cursive. <laughs> yep, and a lot of men just don't even want to touch it. But as well, we as, got it out there on the rack right yep. now. And I encourage anybody carrying wheel guns to try that out. I guarantee you might have a lot more fun shooting that. And notice that you're able to stay on target with an effective round a lot better than 38 plus P. Yeah. And I think it's something to just open your mind, mess around with it. That's I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. That's a good point. For the listeners, if you come to the counter and buy it, we won't say anything. Yeah. You know, your buddies won't have to hear about or it. Or just you have to buy it from a lawn. No judgment. Or you here. have to buy it from a lawn. <laughs> yeah. No well, judgment. I'll give you a sharpie so you can uh, so you can make the tips black <laughs> instead of pink. If that's what that makes you feel we'll, better. We'll make stickers that just say like man stuff. Yeah. We'll slap, <laughs> we'll slap them on the boxes. Well, you know they do. Uh, we got the nine mil stuff out there too, and that's about is that a hundred grain. Uh, I th- yes. Yeah, it's a it's yeah. a lighter it's a lighter bullet mm-hmm. too. So. It might be a one a hundred or one ten something. Yeah, like that. Uh, maybe it's a one ten. Yeah, and that's um, definitely something to think about, especially for guys trying to get their girls into shooting. Yeah, and mm-hmm. if they feel like just one fifteen is just too much, I mean, try get, out go the, go with the light ammo, man. Yeah, go with the light because it's 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 called light, not only because maybe the bullet is lighter itself, but it's loaded lighter. Yep. It's it's loaded well. down to give you less muzzle uh, muzzle rise and less velocity. I mean, I think, less. I think uh, they use low flash powder in it too, exactly. so it like you know, so it doesn't buck blind you, know? you when you yeah. when you're at the end of range. <laughs> um, so we talked about barrel length, um, and let's talk about we talked about size being as far as bullet weights go. I think you really touched on that, good Justin, mm-hmm. as far as you know why you should go to a heavier bullet versus a lighter bullet, um, but. You know, when you 
in regards to why people are going back to nine millimeter or sticking with nine millimeter, um, what do you, what are y'all's opinion on on that versus why not get a forty, you know, or why not get a ten mil, or why not get a forty five, you know? Um, I think it comes down to magazine capacity. I mean, nine yeah. millimeter affords you a very healthy balance of uh, magazine capacity and terminal effect on target. I mean, I think the last, I mean, how long have people been carrying nine millimeters, specifically yeah. cops, right. 30, 40, 50 years? Right. It's definitely shown shown itself to be, you know, viable as a defensive caliber. Yeah. So, um, well, it's almost like you, it's not just who's got the biggest caliber now, but you almost have to have more ammo than your enemy. Yes. You know, who's yes. got more. Absolutely. And, you hear the term I, fire superiority, and that means you want more rounds downrange so yeah. they keep their heads down so they're not shooting at you. Right. It makes a real big difference. I, it does. I tell people all the time, man, I I look at each round in that mag as a chance to rectify a bad situation. Mm-hmm. I would just rather have more chances than less. Yeah. You know, if you're in, you're experiencing the worst day of your life, it's probably a safe bet to say that your skills are going to be degraded, your mind's going to be racing, your heart rate's going to be up. Um, you may not shoot your best that day. Right. Hopefully, you train and you can mitigate that as much as possible. Yeah. But uh, having, you know, eighteen chances to rectify a bad situation as opposed to fourteen is right. definitely something I would want. Sure. And you, when it comes down to like choosing nine millimeter over the other cartridges, I mean, the biggest thing is it's common. It's also the cheapest to shoot. Yep. So whatever gets you on the range shooting more than other cartridges i think it's a big win because you're training more at yeah. the end of the day i agree and, and well and you know we talked earlier about recoil mm-hmm. i mean it's uh the, the recoil is very manageable on nine millimeter it is Definitely. um if, if you've never shot a short barrel 40 oh god i, <laughs> I really don't even recommend it yep. mm-hmm. um call me a sissy if you want but yeah go out there and shoot a glock 27 Without an extender on that mag. Or the Glock, uh, the little 10 millimeter. Yeah, that's, or the 29. Yeah. The G29. Yeah, that's oh, not man. a front now, I'm, shoot. I, I love 45. Um, I'm, I'm a huge 45 fan because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a Colt 1911 guy, but, man, I, I, a Glock 30S is one of my favorite guns. It's, it's uh, you know, 10-round capacity for, for 45. Uh, minimal recoil, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd much rather shoot that over a 40. Because it's just the forty is so snappy. Forty five is a push, not so much a snap. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, the forty five is just it's 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 big, it's massive. It is slower, but man, it it, it punches hard. Delivers a lot of energy. On target, a lot of energy. For sure. yeah. yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, if you've ever shot steel with forty five versus nine millimeter, you, you can tell pretty easily that right. it's putting putting a lot of foot pounds mm-hmm. on target. Yeah, that's for sure. I think that's why you also seen like a lot of. Uh, a lot of people love 45, the 1911 especially. Oh, yeah. Just because, like, even before defensive rounds were created, I mean, it's just, it has a lot more stomping power than 9mm when it comes to FMJ. Yeah. And I could see where a lot of people started mm-hmm. getting really behind that idea. Well, like, I mean, look at the 2011 now. Yep. I mean, you know, the 1911 Oof. is is kind of ancient to the 2011 yep. now, because for what reason? I mean, the 1911, if you're going to carry one, if it's a commander size, let's just say commander size, still full size grip, eight rounds is about your max. Mm-hmm. You can go ten, but that thing's going to hang out of the bottom. Mm-hmm. So eight rounds is all you're going to get with forty five. And I some did. people say, well, that's all you need. But to your point, Justin, twenty eleven gets you what? 
20 rounds typically 21 yeah if in the case of a staccato p you're carrying cotton yeah. mocked one in the i mean you're getting uh, you know you're getting almost three times the capacity of a standard 1911 man mm-hmm. i mean it's uh in it's, a highly controllable bullet hose yes. with like a super crisp single action trigger. Right. And you can put a light on it and a red dot on it. Exactly. So. Uh, a lot of holster options out there for it now. I mean, the 2011 craze, for anybody listening that doesn't know, it's a, it's a high capacity 1911 framed, but in nine millimeter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and typically mags or capacity is anywhere from 16 to 21 rounds. Mm-hmm. Depending on the size, because they do some some of the more compact uh, like frames, G nineteen size, like a frames, Glock yeah. nineteen size, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, very light trigger, uh, very easily carryable gun, mm-hmm. uh, very concealable gun, especially with some of the Penix carries that's out there now. Mm-hmm. Um, but they going back to going back to the wide nine millimeter again, it's about selection too. Yep. You come out here to, to find a carry gun. In nine millimeter versus say forty five, and forty five you got about three choices. That's right. Yep. You know, and the nine millimeter we have a whole cabinet. There's just all exactly. the popular subcompact slash yeah. compact nine all, of, all of your favorite manufacturers make a nine millimeter gun you would like. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. It's it gets it's overwhelming too sometimes, and they all look the same now. And there's different <laughs> options. You know, like mm-hmm. uh, like like obviously the Sig three sixty five. There, that's got to be one of the best sellers right now, especially the oh, macro yeah. because oh, it's yeah. uh, that little thing is holding seventeen rounds, seventeen and one, and pl- yeah, yeah, plus one, uh, coming with with or without a manual safety, which for some people they, they want a safety, some people don't want a safety. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have that option. You know, you don't typically get the manual safety option with Glocks. Yep. Um, you get the manual safety option with Smith and Wesson, Springfield, uh, Springfield Hellcat. Uh, but yeah, I mean, CZ is like more like a Glock CZ, the P10 series, the P10S. You don't get the capacity with that. Um, I will say though, uh, when it comes to capacity, uh, carry what makes you feel comfortable, especially when it comes to capacity. Because I bring up the statistics from the FBI. The average amount of shots that was used was two. And that usually neutralizes threat, but there was multiple cases where multiple rounds needed to be fired. Yeah. Whereas the some instances, somebody shot their gun until they were empty because that was their instinct. But there was also some cases where they needed more than two rounds. The yeah. average is two, but you got to ask yourself, do you feel more comfortable carrying five rounds or do you feel more comfortable carrying 15 to 17 rounds? I thought you were going to say, you got to ask yourself, do you feel lucky? <laughs> <laughs> No, but uh, did you did you shoot five times? Or did you shoot four times? Did you shoot four times? Yeah, revolver. right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, capacity is a big thing, and you know, bring up a good point, Justin. I mean, you know, you just better to have and not need than yeah. not have, right? Well, I mean, what if there's four dudes? Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we live in a we live in a very volatile reality, and things are. We still live in like the safest place on the planet, no question. But yeah. I wouldn't necessarily say things are getting any safer. No, I there's agree. a lot of crazy people out there. There is a lot of crazy. People. If you if you watch the news, you'll notice that. I yeah. will actually add to the 365s, the Hellcats. If you've noticed, uh, the gun. It seems like the gun market went to getting the smallest nine millimeter as possible, and then we slowly started getting bigger and bigger. Full circle, the, man. Yep, full circle, and now we're getting into these. Essentially, compact 9mm, they're just slimmer. As yeah. we see mm-hmm. with the Macro or the Hellcat Pro, I mean, the Hellcat Pro is almost identical to a 19, just slimmer. Man, a guy came in the other day and said, hey, man, do you have a Glock 26? I want to see that new model Glock 26. I looked at him and I said, 
man, that thing has been out longer than you've been alive. <laughs> and he's like, what? I said, man, that thing came out in like the 90s, man. Are you, you, you kidding me? The OG, cut down 90s. The OG but baby they've come, yeah, mm-hmm. they've come full circle. I remember when that was the smallest carry gun. It was mm-hmm. that one. And uh, then, of course, SIG did their 230s and 232, 380s, um, you know, just kind of after the Walther PPK. But yeah, I mean, it's they've come full circle now. And I mean, like that, that SIG 365 macro... It's almost Glock 19 size, just maybe thinner. It's thinner, and I think the butt is just a little bit bigger. But you do get the 17 round, so you're yeah. getting more capacity than the 19. Yeah, but it's uh, it's it's a great weapon. And then um, spring uh, the Hellcat uh, Pro. Pro. Um, yeah, there. I think they're the Smith went with the Shield Plus, which now that's a 13 round, mm-hmm. which that's a great gun. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Very good gun. Uh, yeah, there's lots of good choices out there. I even think what the they got a Masada. The slim, uh, slim Masada now. Slim. Well, how many does a, that hold? The 13 plus one. I believe. Yeah. See, so everything. And is that a, one's a great option. That's too. a great option. That is I a think really good. That's a, that's an underrated gun. If anybody's listening, they want to check out a Masada Plus. Uh, they've been shipping, so I don't know if we got any at the moment. We've had some. We've had some. We've uh, had some. Every time somebody holds it, they automatically get interested because it's just. It just—it's another contender to all the subcompacts. Yep, it lands right viable. in the gun. It right, lands right in the palm, good, and uh, I think it, it, it would definitely carry well. Yeah. So I got to show my Glock fanboy and plug the tried and true G19. <laughs> yep, it's hard to beat that, man. It is, man. It, it really is. is. If you if if you really if you're confused and you don't know what to buy, it's you can't go wrong with the Glock 19. That's right. I really don't think you can, man. Especially uh, for, people, a, for a first gun, a Glock 19 well, is big enough. There's to people sh- they're listening to this right now, probably cringing, yeah. going, "Oh no, not no. a Glock," you know. But <laughs> I it's hard to beat them. I guarantee they've owned one at some <laughs> right. in their life yeah. or thought about it or thought about it. Mm-hmm. One one uh not often talked about benefit of the G19 versus other subcompacts is the fight, fact that it can fit full size optics. Um, you can't put like all full size optics on certain subcompacts. Mm-hmm. So all of your options are available to you if you go with like a full frame gun as opposed to a subcompact. But I do think like if you ask any guy in the shop, they'll be the first to tell you that I am not like the biggest SIG fan. But I do think the 365 macro is a 9.9 out of 10. Yeah, I mean they, they knocked. It I'm out the of same the way. I'm I'm not 100 percent on SIG, but as a I really applaud them for for that. That's a it's a it's a great weapon. Yeah, it's a nine point nine out of ten. Yeah, no doubt. There's no no question about that. Um, and if you ask any of my coworkers about thirty two or all these pocket calibers, I'm a guy. I just love. <laughs> <laughs> you probably got like three on you right now. No, I just got one. Just, <laughs> just one. Just a little snub nose for now. Awesome. <laughs> all right. So uh, before we end this, um, Justin, you go first. I want to know what's your bullet weight of choice. What's your um? What's your brand? Mm-hmm. Um, you know it's okay. You know you can show favoritism to something on 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 this podcast. Sure, you got to tell us why. Okay. Um. Yeah. Right now, I'm carrying a Black Hills ammunition. Uh, it's like a 115 solid copper. I can't. It's a Barnes bullet. I can't remember like what nomenclature they use okay. for it. Yep. Um. Would you like to know like the reason why? Sure. Yeah. So the, the reason I'm going with that is to retain. I spend a lot of time in my vehicle, so I I want to retain the gun's performance, the bullet's performance specifically through windshield glass if needed. Um, I still want to keep that capability to defeat intermediate intermediate barriers, but I also uh, it's summertime ish. I recognize that like people are wearing lighter clothing, so a 115. That may be softer shooting than my 124 loads I typically use for the rest of the year is uh, what I opt for in the summer, spring and summer months. Yeah. Also, and you bring up a point right there. I don't know if we covered it earlier. Um, and, and some people might get confused on this. 
So lighter bullets being faster, do they kick more, or do mm. does it kick less than a one than a, I, than a heavier like say one forty seven? So I find that one twenty fours have the most perceived recoil to me. Um, they're moving faster than one fifteens or one forty sevens in most instances. Right. Specifically, if we're talking carry ammo, not that that's off putting. I mean, if you uh, if you carry one twenty four, most of the stuff you will pick up off the shelf to include like blazer brass load or Winchester nine millimeter NATO will mm-hmm. be loaded to just about the same pressure those will be. Yeah. Okay. So. Alon, what are you going with? I'm going. If with- you say thirty super carry. I'm going to kick you out of this room right now. <laughs> no, I think that was a, a big fail. But I actually am carrying a wheel gun today, and I'm actually carrying the 38 Special Light Rounds. Oh, okay. After shooting about 40 rounds at the range, I just feel a lot more capable and confident, and I feel I could push it out to 30 to 40 feet with a snub nose and five rounds all in the chest, and I felt very capable. I carry an extra speed strip. I was going to ask you, do you do yep. a speed load or yep. speed strip? No, speed strip. Speed strip, yep. yeah. So I put it in my back pocket so I could sit down and be comfortable. Yeah. I feel very comfortable. I'm very comfortable with the idea that the average round, amount of rounds is two, but I carry nine on me just in case. I feel very capable with my, with my training that I can get myself or my loved ones out of a situation if needed. Uh, for my home defense, what I do is a full size 320, and I carry the critical duty actually. Okay. Yeah. And I just I shoot that the most at the range because I shoot 115 because it's the cheapest is what gets me on the range, yep. and I might as well I like carrying the same grain for my self defense rounds. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I've shot that critical duty and it shot real well out of my gun. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not what I carry at the moment right now. I'm a um, gold dot 124 guy, so. Uh, it's good stuff. Uh, I like that. It's good stuff. Yeah, it's hard to beat that stuff. It's tough to find, but it is. If if you see it, jump on it for sure. Yes. Yeah. We at, at, there were times where we had no problem getting it, but you know, there still is a you know the ammo shortage has gotten better, mm-hmm. but there is still some difficulty finding certain things uh, in the handgun world, even in nine mil. Being the most popular in the world, there's still. Uh, difficulty getting certain things in nine mil because oh, yeah. there's uh, there's demand for it all over, not just uh, from your average citizen, but um, the government. Yep. And uh, like we talked about, I think on one of the last podcasts, you know, there's there's demand for it everywhere. Hundred percent. Yeah. If it's so, a, if it's used occupationally, I mean, your mileage may vary as far as being able to find it at any given time. Goes. Yeah. If if departments put out a contract for something, those companies are going to fill it. They're so. going to jump all over that. Mm-hmm. It's guaranteed money right there. Right. All right. Well, guys, thanks for being here today. Thanks for discussing this. Um, if uh, anybody's got any questions involving this topic or any others, feel free to contact us. Um, you can go to our website and get us at info at greentophuntfish.com. Uh, any questions for Alon or Justin or myself, please feel free to do so. Justin, Alon, thanks for being here, guys. It was a pleasure. Glad to be here. Yeah, had a good time. All right. Same here. Thanks for listening to the Green Top Outdoors podcast. Hunting, fishing, and all things outdoors. It's not just a hobby, it's a lifestyle. Like and subscribe to the Green Top Outdoors podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and learn more about Green Top at greentophuntfish.com.